Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. We've been praying for um, unsaved people, haven't we? We've been praying and just believing that God would, uh, would rescue people, save people, so they don't have to experience um, that wrath of God. And so we've been talking about that and Romans 2... Uh, last week, Pastor Clive was talking about on the video, and I'm just going to read a quick scripture of, of, of something that he brought, brought out from that. It says this, um, this is two, Romans 2, 6, 8. It says, God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who, by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. So Pastor Clive is kind of unpacking that. And um, just, just, just letting us know, as we seek God, as we seek to do the right thing, as we f- we're led by his spirit, as we follow him, um, there's only good things in store for us as we go on to be with him in heaven and in, and in this life. But for those who completely reject the truth, they reject God, they reject what he's, he, um, he's done for them, there will be wrath and anger. And we don't want, and God doesn't want anyone to experience that. God doesn't want people to go through that. So that's, you know, that's why we're here and we want to just be reaching people, speaking to people, sharing the gospel with people and encouraging people to be reconciled to God. Remember when I was speaking about that a few weeks back? So this morning, so we're, we're going to be looking at Romans 2, verse 17 to 29. We're just going to work through that section. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can flick to that if you want. Um, but some of the scriptures will come up on the screen. But basically, let me just give you a brief context to this this is where the circumcision bit comes in and basically circumcision is as many of you will know um, in the Jewish faith tradition um, after a baby's born after the first few days they cut the foreskin off of the baby and and basically where it's come from is it's it's something that God spoke to Abraham about as a covenant between uh, the Jewish people Israel and God um, they they all Jewish people are circumcised and basically, what it is, is it's a sign, it's a covenant, it's almost a, it's a blood covenant in some ways between God and the Jewish people. And in this passage of scripture, which I'm just going to read to you in a, in a moment, basically Paul is challenging the Jewish people, the Jewish believers that are in Rome, and he's, he's saying to them that just because you're Jews, um, it doesn't mean that you're anything more special than the Gentiles that are coming to know God, the Gentiles that are giving their lives to God, becoming, getting saved, becoming Christians. Um, the Jews was kind of still at the time saying, you know, we're kind of better than them. We're circumcised. We're God's people. And the Gentiles, you're not quite God's chosen people. We are. Um, and Paul was basically saying to them, it, just because you're, you're circumcised and you're a Jew, born a Jew, that doesn't make you anything special in God's eyes. It's what you do with what God's given you. And so I'll just read from Romans 2, 21 to 25. It says this. So Paul's in the middle of challenging them. He says, well, then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourselves? You tell others not to steal, but do you steal? You say it is wrong to commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry, but do you use items stolen from pagan temples? 
You're so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. The Jewish ceremony of circumcision has no value only if you obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, you are no better off than an uncircumcised Gentile. So he's kind of just challenging them and saying it's about being obedient to God. It's about obeying his law. It's about doing what he's asked you to do, not just about doing, going through Jewish traditions. Um, he then goes on to say, and this is where we're going to kind of focus a bit, and this is the first um, scripture, Jason, on there. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God and true circumcision is not merely, next one, not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. Or um, other translations say it's having a circumcised heart. When it says that it's having a change of heart, it's actually having a circumcised heart, which is what we're going to be talking about. Um, produced by the Spirit, and a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not from people. So that was his, his challenge to them. He's saying, okay, you know, it's not about just being, you were born a Jew, born into a Jewish family, born into a Jewish tradition and religion. It's about having, it's about having your heart right with God and having a circumcised heart or a changed heart produced by God's Spirit. Um, and the, a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not from people. So it's all about how you live your life before God, how, be, how you're obeying God, living before him, doing what he's asking you to do, and having a right heart towards him. Now, the Bible refers to the heart quite a lot in the Old and New Testament. And um, the references to the heart can be a little bit confusing every now and again, because they kind, of, they kind of just, they talk about certain different things, which we're going to work through in a second, and I'll try and clear some of that confusion up. But we know um, it's referring to the soul in some way. So, so the soul, is, as many of us have been taught, is the mind, your will, and your emotions. So that's that kind of part of you that is kind of, is you. So your spirit, soul, and body. And when you're born again, God gives you a new a new nature, so your soulish nature uh, is, is almost replaced by God's new nature that he puts inside of you. But you still have to kind of submit this nature to God every day and not live out of your old nature, but live out of your new nature that God's placed inside of you. So the heart kind of ref refers to that. So often when we just naturally think about our heart, it's like the most important part of our, of our body, like your natural, your natural heart that beats in your, inside your chest. Um, but the Bible also refers to it as, as kind of like, as I say, as your soul, but it's that part inside of you that where you really kind of believe, live from. It's, it's you. It's the kind of the person you are inside. It's often a place where you feel... Your emotions, like you love, anger, rage, compassion, joy, you kind of feel it inside here, don't you? It's, and that's what kind of is referred to as your heart. So how we love God, relate to God, connect with God, all comes out of the heart. 
There is obviously mental things that we acknowledge in our mind and we think about in our mind, and you can think about that as being up here. Um, but God is always looking for, what God is always looking for is, is what is in the, in deep inside of you, what's going on in here. And the Bible, there's so many references to the heart. There's hundreds and hundreds of references to the heart all throughout the Bible. And we're going to kind of just have a look at some of them. So God is actually interested in our hearts. He's interested in actually what, what is it we really believe? What is it we really think? Um, what motivates us? Where do our actions actually come from? Because what's in our heart then comes out in what we do. Ultimately, what comes out of your mouth comes from your heart as well. So if you just have a look at this scripture from Matthew 15, 18 to 20, Jesus um, explains it in this way. He says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. Next one. Or is that it? Yeah, okay. And then, yeah. So actually what it says after that is, not eating with unwashed hands defiles someone, but because that's what Jesus was addressing at the time. There was a debate as to why him and his disciples don't wash their hands before they eat. But he was then basically saying that actually it's not about certain things you do on the outside of your body. It's about what's going on in your heart because that's what defiles you. That's where, where things come out from um, that cause you to sin. And he lists all of those things there. So what he's saying there is actually what what goes on in your heart will come out. And good things can come out of your heart. Obviously, that's just all the negative things that defile a person, but also good things come out. I mean, Luke 6, 45, um, Jesus says this as well. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And in other translations, it says... Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You've probably heard that, that scripture used. So it's basically whatever's going on in here overflows out, overflows out. So it's important what's going on in here is, is right with God, is submitted to God, is, is rightly, everything in here needs to be prioritized in the right way. And God needs to flow out of our hearts. So we're also, we're called to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul. And in Matthew 22 37 it says this Jesus said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul and with all of your mind and this is the first and great commandment so out of our hearts that's where what's inside of here that's what needs to love God we need to love God with everything inside of us in Jeremiah God says he will give his people a new heart to love the Lord um, and we know we get a new heart and a new spirit when we're born again. So God replaces our old nature with our new nature, but we've, we've still got to um, bring our new nature under the control of God's spirit. So in Jeremiah 24, 7, it says this, I'll give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me 
with all of their heart. So Jeremiah was kind of prophesying, and he was speaking over the people of Israel, but he's also prophesying into the future that God will give us a new nature, a new spirit, and a new heart. Uh, another scripture in Romans, it says, we, we confess with our mouth and we believe with our hearts and then we're saved. So we believe, when we believe in our hearts, um, I'll just read the scripture there. It says, if, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So it's, it's believing in your heart, but then also God requires us to confess. It needs to come out of our mouth. It needs to become reality. It needs to be put out there. And that's when it becomes real. So God wants us to believe things in here, but he also wants us to confess it out there that Jesus is Lord, we, that we've given our life to the Lord. We confess it, and that's how, that's how we're saved. So it's that deep, the heart, our heart is that deepest part of us um, that causes us to, it shows what we believe and it, it, help, it causes us to believe what we believe. Um, you may have heard people say that some things can be head knowledge sometimes and it needs to go from the head to the heart. It needs to drop down to the heart. Have you heard people say that, that kind of example? And it, that, that is what, <clears throat> that's what we're talking about today. It, when it's not just about giving lip service to God or just going through the motions with God, but it's actually about it being a real and living uh, revelation that we have inside of us. Our relationship with God needs to be real, living and active and in our hearts. And then we flow from that place. Okay. Just a little funny story for you about giving lip service. Anna and I have this, um, this little kind of joke that, that we joke about because I'm someone who is as often quick to, I've, I've always been quick to apologize. And I know when I, when I do something wrong, I'm quick to just say, Anna, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for whatever it is I've done. But is it actually... Is it genuine? <laughs> is it coming from the heart? Or is it just lip service? And um, we joke, and sometimes I'll just go up to Anna and say, Anna, I'm sorry. And Anna will be like, what are you sorry for? And I'll be like, well, I don't know. What, what, whatever it is, whatever it is you want me to be sorry for, I'm sorry for it. <laughs> and and I, I can, a lot of the time, just pay lip service and apologize to things. I don't even know what I'm apologizing for, but I just know I've done something wrong. I don't know. Um, but I, I say sorry. But actually, when you're, when you're really saying sorry and speaking to God from your heart, it's got to be something real. And she's actually very discerning. She'll tell me, Rohan, that's not, that, you're not really saying sorry. You're, you're just telling me sorry, but I can tell it's not really coming from you. I can tell it's not coming from your heart. You know, if you're going to apologize, apologize properly. So that's what God's looking for as well. We don't just say things to God or, or do things that God's asking us to do just out of kind of going through the motions or um, from wrong motives. But we, he sees what's going on in the heart. That's how God sees us. He sees deeper inside of us 
and he wants us to respond to him and to live from deeper inside of us. In, um, in the Old Testament, when Samuel was choosing David, we know that story where um, David's brothers were kind of passing before, before Samuel. And God said to Samuel, you know, I don't look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And the actual scripture is, the scripture from 1 Samuel says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance. So Samuel was looking at one of the older brothers of David. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So God is, is always looking at what's going on in the, the depths of us. What's, what do we really believe? What do we really think? And it's quite important, actually, because we can, as Christians, we can very easily just kind of say the right thing, appear to be right, you know, appear to do the right thing. But actually, what is the root of, what is the real root of what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing? Actually, Elsie stole something I was going to say at the end about why are we here this morning? She didn't know I was going to say that, actually. It's funny, quite a few things Elsie said. Elsie actually mentioned about the heart as well. She had no idea what I was going to talk about today. But, you know, it's a good question to ask her. Why, why are we here? Why, why are we here this morning? What are we doing here this morning? What's, you know, what is the reason for us coming here? What is the reason for us following God with our lives? You know, is, is it something, is it a traditional thing? Is it something that we've just grown up with and we're just carrying on doing? Is it something we think we ought to be doing? I know they're doing that in the Freedom Course. The Freedom Course really goes into that, um, living out the tree of um, good and evil and the, the, the tree of life. Is it something we ought to be doing, we feel we should do? And in lots of ways, in lots of things that, um, we do as Christians, is it, do we feel, oh, I, sh- I better do that or I should do that because I'm a Christian? Or do we really do it out of a relationship with God, a loving relationship with God, where we feel from the heart, yeah, God wants me to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this because I know God wants me to do this. Because that's what God's looking for. He's looking for what's going on in a deeper place, not just on the surface. And that's what Paul was kind of rebuking the Jews for. Don't just act like you're doing the right thing, but behind closed doors, you're doing something completely different. If you're going to live before God and you're actually going to be saying that you're, you're better than other people, then do the right thing. Do the right thing because God is looking on what's going on in the inside of you. And he sees all of that. So also rightly or wrongly, um, when someone gives their life to the Lord, they say, they, sometimes people say, that I've given my heart to God, or I give my heart to God. And we know what they mean by that. It's they're giving of themselves fully to God. They, they've given their lives. I say rightly or wrongly, because some, some people say, you know, that's not quite the, be- the best way of describing you giving your life to God or, or, or receiving, you know, salvation from God. Because sometimes it can be, you know, it just, you can be in a meeting and say, yeah, I've give, I give my heart to God. And then you kind of put your hand down. But God's actually really looking for, I mean, he understands what you're saying when you, when you say you've given your heart to God. He knows what that means. But I'm just using that as a reference to say, when people say they've given their heart to God, it means they've given their life. They've given, I give you, God, my life. I give you everything that I am inside of me. This is not a lip service thing. I give you my life completely. And, you, and when you do that and you ask God to forgive your sins, you're born again. 
So it's that most important part inside of us. So our hearts can be given over to many different things, different pursuits in life. It could be relationships, it can be material things, it can be money, entertainment, all sorts of things, food, sin. We can give our hearts over to certain things and they can almost capture our heart. And God is, God is wanting to just deal with that. And we're going to do some of that this morning as we, when we respond to him. But we've got to be careful because in, with some of those things, there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with, you know, watching, you know, working for money to, to buy food, to live. Um, there's nothing wrong with entertainment or certain hobbies or things in life. Or There's nothing wrong with, obviously nothing wrong with food. But sometimes they can become so important in our life that they drown out God. They can, can be our main focus. We can be fixated on these things. And, our, and they can become idols, really. And, and our hearts are, are more concerned with those things than they are with God. And we can take our focus and our commitment and our, they can take our desire away from God and cause us to ultimately kind of walk away from him. So when the Bible talks about circumcising the heart, he's talking about dealing with stuff that's inside here. He's talking about cutting away wrong influences, wrong things that are in our lives that are in a wrong priority, in a wrong order. God wants to be center stage first, the center priority, and that's where he needs to be in our lives. And the circumcision of the heart is removing fleshly things, soulish things, wrong things, and, and and getting them cut out, rejected, put away, or put into right order at least, and, and God being the main thing in our lives. And sometimes, like, the circumc- like natural circumcision, the process can be, can be quite painful. It can be painful having to let go of things. You know when God puts his finger on something or is, he reminds you of something or shows you something in your life that's like not quite in the right order. And you, you, you realize, you kind of get that witness that, okay, maybe I need to lay this thing down. Maybe I need to just stop doing this thing because it's taking my attention away from God. It's taking my time away from God. You know, he puts his hand on things and it's like, okay, it's painful, but hopefully we say, okay, God, I'm just going to lay that thing down. It might be a wrong relationship. It might be, it could be all sorts of things. You lay that thing down before God and it's like you go for that process of repentance and just getting right with God and putting him back in the center of your life. Now, I'm just going to read just a chunk of Deuteronomy because it talks about, this is God speaking to his people, um, Israel, but it talks about circumcising their hearts. And this is from Deuteronomy 10. It says, and now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord sets his affection on, or set his affection on your ancestors and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations, as it is today. 
circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. So even in the Old Testament, God was saying to them, circumcise your heart. So even though there was the, tra- the tradition of circumcision, or the, you know, God asked them to, it wasn't a tradition, it was, it was part of their law to circumcise their children, to be circumcised, and, and to have that covenant. He also, in the Old Testament, said, circumcise your heart. Don't be stiff-necked any longer. So stiff-necked is, is being stubborn, maybe prideful, just not willing to change. So circumcise your hearts, therefore do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt." Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is the one you praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. Your ancestors who went down into Egypt were 70 in all. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. So that was just a bit of a commissioning and an encouragement to the children of Israel to just all of those different things. That's actually, it's actually really good to read through that. It's Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 22. And he's just encouraging them. He's saying, I love you. Love the Lord your God. Come to the Lord your God. Circumcise your hearts. Deal with things that are in your life that needs to be dealt with. Walk with him. Be with him. And that's Old Testament. If you think about now where we have God's spirit living inside us, how much more does he want us to walk right with him and to to do the things he's asking us to do, to live well, to live right, to, um, to follow him and follow the leading of his spirit. And then later on in Deuteronomy, there's a, this one's on the slide. It says, Lord, your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart, with all your soul and live. So in this bit, God is intervening and saying, I will do it for you. I want to do it for you. I want to do it through you. So it's not left for us to struggle to do these things ourselves, but it's allowing God to do it for us. And this is Old Testament, and he's saying, I will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so you may love, love me. He, him saying he wants, you to, wants them to love him, and he wants to give them a heart a new heart. So if we just move into the New Testament, New Testament now with Hebrews 8, and this is quoted from the Old Testament, but this is obviously speaking to, um, this is speaking to us now in the New Testament. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I'll put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So God's saying, I want to, I'll give you a new heart, new mind, new soul, and I will write my laws on your heart. And that's what we got when we, when we received God's spirit and we received that, the new creation. So if you have to look at the next slide, and this is referring to us again in the New Testament, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone and the new is here. And there's many scriptures that refer to that regeneration 
of what's going on inside of us. So, how I want us to respond this morning. So, we're going we're gonna to take communion. Gary, if you could just start bringing the communion stuff out for me, please. I thought it would be good to take communion with this message because <clears throat> communion just signifies that relationship with God. It, it just signifies what Jesus did for us on the cross, the, sh- the blood that he shed for us, his body that he gave for us. And it's taking, when we, as we take those, the elements, um, we, are, we, are, we are just, it's a great opportunity to kind of rededicate and reorder our lives with him to receive that, his sacrifice right inside of us and to join ourselves afresh to him. So when it comes to communion, if you're, if you're not saved here today, not born again, uh, you don't have to take it, or if, if anyone else, if you don't feel like you want to take it, you don't have to take it. But what I want us to do before we take it is to just spend some time just making sure that there's nothing in our hearts that is greater than God, that is above God that is in the way of God and how I want us to do this is to just talk with some people around you if you feel if you if you feel it's right to do that just talk with people around you You might have a few people on your table maybe in threes or in, in twos but just get with at least somebody and just just maybe you want to confess or you want to just repent of stuff or just talk about things that may be blockages in your, in your heart or in your, in your life. If there's nothing there, great. But just, just talk with each other and just see if anything just comes up inside of you. The, the Holy Spirit's just put his finger on. And maybe you want to just, just talk with each other and just pray with each other and deal with that thing. And then we'll take communion together as a group. So just, just gather around your tables and go, go ahead and do that. You might, you might want to do it in twos or threes or as a big group. Um, however you feel, whatever you feel comfortable, however you feel comfortable doing that. So I'll give you, you know, five, ten minutes to do that. Right. Okay. Hopefully that's, um, hopefully you've been able to share some things and just been praying, be able to pray with each other. Um, so as we, as we take communion together, I just, I just want you to think, and I want you, what I want you to go away with this, this morning is, is to have a think about some of those things that we were just talking about, things that are in our hearts, but also where are, where are you really at in your heart of hearts with God? Where, what's going on between you and God in your deep inside of you, in your heart. Um, and, and we don't want to be living our lives just giving lip service to God like I, like I do to Anna sometimes. Uh, we want to be, if we, when we're speaking to God, we're responding to God, we're living, walking with God. He wants it to be coming from our hearts. And if there's any sort of a blockage there or... Sometimes it can be unforgiveness. Sometimes it can be just things that have happened in our lives that we don't understand. Maybe things that we bl- blame God for. 
you know, we can talk about those things. You know, you can come and speak to us and we can talk th- those kind of things through because we don't want there to be anything blocking, blocking that flow and that relationship with him. So if you, unless you've taken communion already, um, we're just going to, we're going to break bread together. And as we're doing this, we're, we're remembering what Jesus has done for us on the cross, and we're kind of we're taking that into our bodies. You know, we're, we're acknowledging everything he did for us on the cross, all of the forgiveness of sin, all the dealing with all the shame, the guilt, the pain, the stuff that's gone on in our lives. Um, he's going to deal, he, well, he had, has already dealt with that and is dealing with that. And he's purifying us as well. He's sanctifying us as well. So the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So if you just want to take a piece of bread. And just, and just pray and just thank him for his body that was given for us and just you can just take that thank you Jesus and in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my body do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So if you want to just peel off your lid. Thank you, Father, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. So yeah, Father God, we just thank you for everything that you have done for us and won for us and achieved for us on the cross, Father, so that we can live a full life in your victory. We can live that abundant life full of full of joy, peace, patience, kindness, love that comes from your spirit, Father God. Father, we thank you for your spirit empowering us to live the life that you've called us to live, to do what you've called us to do. And Father, as we've been talking about and maybe confessing, Father, we just lay down things that hinder that relationship with you, the blockages, things that might be in the wrong order in our lives. We lay those things down before you, Father, and we say, Lord, help us to deal with those things, bring a right order in, and let us live our lives out before you from our hearts, oh God, from our heart of hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.